This is the Swishwire Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Swishwire Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Lassertosa, and I'm here with my co-host, Ian. What's good? And Jay. What's up? Today, we have a very special guest. He's the starting center for Ohio. Dwight Wilson III. Say what's up. So, how you doing? Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for coming on. So, um, we're just going to start off with a question that we ask everyone. So, it's different for everyone, which makes it such a unique question. So, um, was there ever a moment, could be a game, could be a play, could be anything. Was there ever a moment where you knew you were legit? Um, I guess this would be more along the lines of playing Division One ball, and as a freshman, um, not playing a lot, and then getting my chance, and then being able to go up against the best bigs in the league at that point in time, which was, you know, Nathan Knight, who's with the Hawks right now, and Devontae Kaycock, who's with the Lakers, Eric Carter, and teams like that. And, you know, being able to go up against them and holding my own. And then, you know, over the years, you know, you know, going toe-to-toe with them, I think that was – so I would say, you know, my freshman year at JMU when I had to do that and, you know, I held my own. I think that was a point in time where I felt like, you know, I could I could play basketball at a high level. So who would you say is the best player you've ever played with, not including your current teammates? Not including my current teammates. Um, high school, I would say it would probably have to be my boy Jabari. Uh, me and him had a bond on the court that um, resembles me and JP. You know, he was a pass first guard too. So, you know, um, I think, and then, you know, we were school off the court. So, he was probably, we worked out together and stuff like that. I would say he was probably the best player I played with in high school. And in college, I would probably have to say um, Matt Lewis, you know, watching him score the ball night in and night out. I thought, you know, you know, he could score at a high level. I seen him drop 40 in a game one day. So even as a freshman, you know, he was scoring 30 and, you know, things like that. And, you know, he got the keys in the green light, you know, ever since he, you know, stepped on a JMU campus. So I would say besides anybody on this team, I would say Matt Lewis is probably one of the best I've ever played with in college. Mm-hmm. Is there a player that you try and mold your game after on the court? I try to pick and pull from a, from a lot of people. Um, but currently I would say at this point in time, I really love Embiid and his game, and, you know, he's a, he's a big body, but he's also, you know, skilled and, you know, can even do perimeter stuff. So, you know, he's he's somebody that, you know, I, I really, at this point in time, try to mold after. And then, you know, um, guys from a mentality standpoint, you know, you know, some of the greats like Kobe, LeBron, MJ, as far as a mentality and competitive standpoint, but as far as, you know, my game, I try to pick and pull from, you know, a little bit from everybody that I can. But I would say at this point in time, it, it would definitely be Embiid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, like, go for it. I actually did see a lot of Embiid in you because, I mean, your post game is just – it's great. And Embiid has some of the best footwork I've ever seen. 
and your footwork is some of the best in college basketball by far. So that was one of the comparisons I was thinking of when I was watching you play. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, like, obviously with your undersized and energy, I would say, like, Montrezl Harrell, but you definitely have, like, a better post game and understanding of the ball. So I would say, like, a Harrell Embiid mesh. He's pretty good, too. I, I do like Montrez. Um, he's not, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, he's, def- he's definitely more. He's definitely up there. And for him to be undersized and doing stuff, I love his mentality and I love his uh, – he, he, he just goes for it. So, yeah. I, I he's agree. always fired up. He's, he's always just, giving it 100%. Yeah. yeah. His yeah. energy, too, it's, it's yeah. crazy. And that's another great one for, you know, a Harold Embiid – hybrid like that's something you know i really see in you as well so we're gonna backtrack a bit to your high school career so you racked up a ton of accomplishments um as a high schooler you won a state championship game you were in the 2017 20 uh 2016 2017 all big ben player of the year you won three district championships and you won the 2015 2016 defensive player of the year award so how did your massive high school success prepare you for the next level I did your homework. Uh, uh, I would say, you know, just being used to, I would say that was probably my first taste of winning and being on a team where, you know, um, it was high level talent. And the coach, Dimitri Salter, he, uh, he really brought the best in all of us. He knew how to relate to every single player on that team. So I would say my high school, it definitely, it definitely taught me how to play at a high level and, you know, how to work hard. And, you know, I definitely, um, my basketball IQ grew playing in Lincoln and playing under Coach Salt. So, you know, I would say it, it definitely prepared me for, you know, being able to, you know, know what playing at a high level looks like and, you know, um, being on a winning team in a, in a culture that was you know, having a winning culture. Mm-hmm. And you guys, like, you won a lot in high school. I mean, state championship, three district titles. I mean, that's huge to prepare you for the next level. And, you know, you're going into March Madness right now, which I'm sure, I mean, although it is a higher level than high school, I mean, I'm sure that just winning, you, you know how to win games. It's clear. So I'm sure that's just going to transfer over beautifully to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely, yeah, we definitely going to try, you know, come here and stay as long as we can. Mm-hmm. You transferred to Ohio this season after playing three years at JMU. What led to the decision to ultimately make the transfer? Really, I felt like my time at JMU was up. You know, our coach got fired. You know, I didn't, I didn't feel the same as if I had felt there my freshman and sophomore year. You know, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was too much going on. That season really, you know that season was really a tough one to go through. And I felt like it was more out there. So when Coach Rowe got fired, you know, I felt like, you know, and I had one more year left. And my biggest thing was, you know, I wanted to leave college. I wanted to, you know, win a championship or be a part of a championship team before I left college. And it was clear to me that I wasn't going to get that at JMU, given everything that had happened prior. So, um, I, I put my name in the portal and I, you know, tried to go somewhere where I felt like, you know, I could go in and, you know, be a major contributor. And, you know, there was already a culture in set or it was being built, you know, to be a, to be a contender. 
And it really looks like y'all have a shot this year. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I you can't imagine this when you're going through the portal and things like that. You never really know how things go, but you know, I can ultimately say that you know I definitely made the right decision. So, what is something that you brought from JMU to Ohio that like helped you? I would say my work ethic. I would say JMU was definitely where JMU I learned not only about work, but how to work and how much I had to work. Because that was the only reason that, you know, that was the only thing that saved me at JMU was that I worked harder than a lot of people on the team. So when I got to Ohio, I had already had that work ethic built. It grew once I saw how hard the team, the people on uh, this team was working. But no one had to tell me that I needed to work once I got to Ohio. So I think, you know, I fit right in with those guys as far as a, a, a collective culture of guys who was in the gym before and after practice. Um, you know, you know we, we would have practice at two. You know, guys was in the gym at one. And that's not something you see with a lot of teams. And you know, with JMU, I, people were pulling in 30, 20 minutes before practice max. I mean, if we had class, it was different. But, you know, with everything going on, COVID and everything, obviously, there's a little bit more flexibility. But, you know, and um, just the, you know, just the fact that everyone on this team is competitive, everyone works hard. And, you know, I think that JMU prepared me to be able to come to a culture like that and fit right in. So what would you say you've learned from Ohio? Straight up. I think I learned, one, I learned, one, I definitely learned how to win. And I definitely learned, I think I learned all the little details. I would say I just learned the game better. Um, I learned, I learned a lot more about myself as well. But overall, it was just um, mental growth and basketball IQ and things like that. Just little things about the game that lead to, you know, winning and things like that. And just um, becoming a student of the game, I would say that's the biggest thing. Watching a lot of film. Um, definitely watch a lot more film and stuff than I did. I think that's what the reason that you know, we, we have a lot of success is that, you know, our preparation for teams and the film and things and then guys are just off, just automatically just basketball, you know, nerds. Like everybody watches basketball around here, watches old games, new games, stuff like that. So I would say that's definitely what I learned here from being in Ohio. Transferring to Ohio, you're now playing with point guard Jason Preston. What's it like playing with someone who complements your game so well? You said earlier that you guys have that bond. So what what's it like playing with a guy that's as elite as he is at this level? I could not have asked for a better for a better guard to play with. Um, at the point in time where I was being recruited by Ohio, they kept pushing, you know, how me and how my game would complement with Jason as well, and it kind of. You know, I, at that point in time, I didn't really know who he was. So I was more kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, they uh, they told me, you know, he was second in the country at assist. And I was like, and that's 
at that that at that point I was like, okay, you know, I could play with this kid. So you know, I kind of looked him up after that, and you know, saw the kind of game he had and things like that. I would watch their games, you know, and just saw how he controls the entire game, and you know, he sees things that other people don't really see, like. And you always have to be ready for the ball when you're playing with him because he'll rather have 15 assists than 30 points. And that's just that's just the kind of guy he is. He likes seeing other people, although he may, you know, have big games himself. He loves seeing other guys have big games. And, you know, especially if, he, you know, he's doing everything he can to make sure, you know, guys are not going to have shots. And he's just a cool guy. He's a cool guy to play with. You know, he, he kind of – getting to know him was kind of – is he he is not your typical you know basketball star you know he's he's very humble you know he he he's he's kind of he's, he's kind of quiet unless you know him he he's very intellectual you know he plays chess he loves board games you know he'll he'll he likes debates stuff like that you know things that normal well not normal but things that you know typical college stars with his status would you know act and I think that's a that's a testament to, you know, how he was brought up and, you know, the, just kind of the genuine person he is. And, you know, him from, him being from Florida, um, you know, he, we kind of related to each other that way. You know, we both like the same music and stuff like that. So, you know, I remember when uh, I was talking to him before I committed, you know, we was asking each other about, you know, who our favorite artist was, you know, stuff like that. His favorite artist is Travis Scott. He loves Travis Scott. But, um, you know, I would say, like I told him, it's a, it, it was a match made in heaven, but really, you know, I think, um, you know, the, um, you know, he, he loves to pass and, you know, I, I, you know, I catch everything he sends me, you know, I, I try to at least, but, you know, uh, and you can see it on the court and things like that, but, but yeah, that's, he's definitely by far the best guard I've ever played with. And, He's definitely, you know, one of the coolest people I've ever met. So, wait, did you say he plays chess and listens to Travis Scott? Yeah, yeah. I don't know why that just seems like it correlates. Yeah, yeah. I had the same reaction. You know, when I met him in person. The first thing he asked me was, you know, did I play chess? And I was like, no, I don't. But, you know, but he, you know, it made that's that's how I knew I was on a different team because my, you know. Guys at JMU, you know, you know, we weren't we weren't playing chess, you know, we weren't playing board games and stuff like that. So, you know, it was definitely an adjustment. But you know, knowing that he knew how to play chess, you know, it made me want to learn. You know, I tried it out. You know, realized it ain't for me. But, <laughs> you know, uh, you know um, it was it, it was it was definitely cool. Like you know, he would do it more for like team bonding and team chemistry and you know. And he overall really loves it, but he he ain't played in a while though. But you know, he, he apparently he's been playing ever since he was a kid. So you know, I, I I see how he would like it, but you know, I, I definitely grew to you know playing. And, you know, we lived together, me and him and Ben, and you know other other roommates. So we always played games and stuff, you know, before the season. So you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was as a genius by the fact that you know. It wasn't really so much about the game. You know, he was just trying to bring us all closer together. So, And you and Preston, to me, that's just like a win-win-win. Because, I mean, you help him get his, he helps you get yours, and that together makes you guys win games. So, I mean, like, it really benefits everyone. I mean, like, 
you guys are such a perfect combination with everyone else on the roster. I mean, it's just winning games for you guys, and you guys are in the tournament for a reason. So, I mean, like, you and Preston, I mean, it couldn't be a more perfect um, combination. And you're a senior right now, which ultimately it makes you one of the more experienced players on the roster. So coming to Ohio, have you taken accountability um, as being a leader because you have all this experience? So do you try to instill confidence and mental toughness, things like that, into your teammates? Yeah, that was one of the biggest things that was stressed to me while I was being recruited. That you know I would have the most. Um, I had that I would have you know the most years under my belt in the team. So you know, bringing my experiences from James Madison to um, a team that was, you know, on the rise and uh, things like that. Just make sure I was being that, that vocal leader on and off the court and, you know, just bringing, just bringing the leadership role to, you know, the young guys, even like JP and stuff like that, you know, from what it takes to be good, what it takes to, you know, what it takes to work and, you know, habits and stuff like that. So, you know, I definitely – you know, assumed into that role, you know, as soon as I got here, especially with the young guys, because, you know, I, I at one point I was in their position. So, um, you know, just making sure that, you know, they they at least get a chance because you're not always going to know from the coach. So, um, you know, I try to do the best I can, you know, help them and, you know, make sure that their careers start off on the right foot. So speaking of coaching, I mean, your coach, Jeff Bowles, I mean, he clearly he clearly knows what he's doing. He has a winning percentage of 80 of 58 percent throughout his career as a head coach. So how important has he been to your, towards your growth as a player, as well as Ohio's tourney bid this season? He's definitely a player coach, um, by far one of the best coaches I've ever had. Just picking his brain is, is amazing. Uh, he's a basketball genius. Uh, he knows how to get the best of everyone. Uh, he's not one of the coaches that's really going to blow up on you. But what he says definitely holds weight. And, you know, he, he runs he runs a tight ship. And, you know, he don't take no BS. And he's going to let you know when you – he's going to let you know. You know, if you're playing good, you know, he's going you know, to give you flowers. If you're playing bad, you know, he's going to let you know. So, um, you know, I think his leadership is, is something that's second to none. And, you know, I think, you know, he, he definitely knows what he's doing. He's got experience with NBA guys from like Evan Turner to D'Angelo Russell and all that. Like he's won as a player. So like he, he was a player himself, so he knows how to relate to players and everything else. And I think once he got into coaching, he just took that with him. So. By far one of the best people I've ever met, and I love playing for him. So with the NCAA tournament coming, you have a tough matchup against Virginia. How are you guys going to prepare for it? Um, I think the biggest thing for that is, you know, just getting a sense of how they play. Uh, the funny thing is that James Madison, we were the opener for them when they had won the the whole thing back in 2019 or whatever, whatever year that was. But I didn't play because I was hurt. So I think it was kind of funny how, you know, it's almost like I'm getting a second crack at them. But, you know, um, that's, that's, you know, that's just going to come to film and everything. You know, they're a team that, you know, likes to hold the ball and, you know, they got one of the slowest paces. So, you know, speeding them up and getting in transition is definitely going to be a bigger thing. 
um, garden for a whole 50 seconds, uh, 30 seconds, um, because they don't really look for a scoring option until like 10 to five seconds with the shot clock and their rebound is going to be huge. Uh, they got some length and athleticism, so it's definitely going to be a chess game. So as far as, um, you know, between Coach Bennett and Coach Bowles, you know, you know, with a low possession game, you really got to, you really got to think of, uh, you really got to value the ball and you really got to be, you know, precise with your shots and everything. So it's, it's definitely going to be a chess game. I'm looking forward to it. If it's going to be a chess game, you guys got pressing, yeah. so you're fine. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got some, uh, we definitely got some chess players around here. So I think, I think we'll be all right. What I mean, would you say that you guys being the underdogs gives you an advantage in? Like, do you, do you guys, are you fired up as a team? Like you guys are the underdog. Is that something you guys are carrying with you into this matchup? Yeah, I think you definitely have to. I think you got to play with a little chip on your shoulder, especially in the tournament. You know, that extra motivation to want to stay. And, you know, if you win, you if you lose, you're done. So, you know, if you want to win as bad as you say, you, know, you better play like it. So I think, you know, you know, uh, in tennis, they're one of the best teams in the in the ACC. They was regular, uh, they were regular season champs. Um, they probably would have won the whole thing if it hadn't been for COVID. So, you know, that, that, that's that's a good team with great players. They got championship experience. They got a championship coach. So I think you know our biggest thing is imposing our will and putting the pressure on them. That's only gonna come if we play with a mentality. You know, like you know, we're not just here to be here you know we're here to win and go far so I think that's definitely a mindset you gotta have so what about you guys gives you the belief that you can be the Cinderella team this year that goes under the radar but makes a big run I think everything that's happened so far this year you know, you know um, coming through COVID and you know um, every team we lost to you know we ended up beating again um all those big games where, you know, we had to show up, you know, we showed up um, in the Toledo game and championship game. And um, I think that this team is resilient and, you know, we've um, definitely proven, and even back in uh, to the beginning of the year versus Illinois, um, I feel like, you know, when everything's clicking and, you know, we're all on the same page and we're playing with that fire, I, I believe we can play with any team in the country. We just have to go out there and improve it. I respect that for sure. I definitely think you'll have a better chance than people might seem to think. Yeah, you, you, you can't really get into you can't really get into the media when it comes to this type of stuff. You know, it's March, anything can happen. You know, Virginia has had history of being upset. So, you know, that that's definitely in the back of their minds. So, you know, they're gonna be ready. But we are gonna be we gonna be ready too, and you know you know when the ball goes up, you know it, it ain't too much you can say there. You know, he's got he's got knuckle up and play really. So we've talked a bit about your experience being a senior for college. The thing is, as you said before, you actually won in high school. Does winning at that level translate at all to college? I would say a little bit, just for um, just for the experience. I would definitely say it's a lot harder to win in college than in high school, because in some high schools, you know, in high school, nine times out of ten, you're better than everybody else. 
I think in college where, you know, everyone's good and, you know, everyone, you know, was pretty much that star player on their high school team. The competition is a lot, you know, greater. Everyone's playing for, you know, a higher purpose. Like everyone wants to go pro and things like that. Everyone wants to win championships. So I would say um, it's definitely a lot harder to win in college than in high school. But high school gives you the experience of winning. You know, you know what winning feels like. So when you win in college, it's nothing new. And you, you appreciate it a lot more, but you've already built that experience of winning games. And when you win in college, it doesn't go to your head too much. And, you know, you tend to lose focus and then go back to losing again. So I would say as far as the experience, it translates. So would you say the preparation is a lot different then? Oh, most definitely. High school, sometimes you can just roll the ball up and play. But, you know, you can't really do that in college. And that was something I had to get used to. Uh, preparing for games, especially with um, on, on the defensive end, because, you know, that's the scouting reports are, are, are everything when it comes to college. You know, you, even as a D2 team, you know, guys are, you know, make scouting reports. On, you know. So I think um, the preparation that goes into winning ba college basketball games is way – more than uh way more than high school all right so obviously as you said you know preparation so much different at this level and you know preparing for your game trading all that that comes first to become a better player so we've got a few training questions for you um just to see how you develop some skills of your game and jay we're going to start out with you what's the best piece of what uh what's the best piece of advice that you've heard someone give you that you think someone else can benefit from hearing themselves uh, I would say two things. One, I know it's cliche, but you, you got to work. Like, there's no secret to being good or great. You know, all the greats do things that, you know, other people aren't willing to do. So you got to get up at 5 a.m. or, you know, be in the gym till 11 o'clock at night and, you know, cutting off distractions and things like that, you know. Just, you know, sacrificing, you know, diets and everything like that. You got to, I, I think you have to do those things if you want to be good. Also, be patient with yourself and trust, uh, trust, trust the timing of everything. I think, you know, at JMU, you know, I think I, I wanted things on my own time. And, you know, I, you know it, it doesn't work like that. You know, sometimes good things take a little bit longer to develop. So. I think, you know, trusting yourself and trusting your time. And, but, um, yeah, and definitely, you know, better, like my, like JP says all the time, better on yourself, you know, you never know what can happen. You know, I feel like, you know, if you work hard enough, you know, it, it, every, everything's going to end up working out in the end. You know, it happened to me, you know, it, it can happen to, uh, it can happen to anybody. So those are the two things I would say. Yeah, at the end of the day, if you put in the effort, hopefully it'll translate back. You can't do much else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you did wait your time. You were patient and you bet on yourself going to Ohio. And now in Ohio, you're having a career year. And specifically, you've taken a massive jump in terms of efficiency, going from 53% last year to 65% this year from the field. So what did you do to improve this so much? Hmm. Uh. Honestly, it's just a blessing, really. Um, just 
and just uh, stepping up and hitting the shots and, and he definitely comes back to the workers. Um, those are those are moves that I've worked on for years and you know at JMU and coming to uh, Ohio and you know polishing them a little bit more and you know um, I think just being able to one being in, in shape to make those my shots and two you know keeping it simple you know. Um, not having to work for every single shot and, you know, um, doing my work early really leads to, uh, you know, make a shot. So uh, I think all that leads into, you know, having a high field goal percentage and, you know, being big in college, you know, and if a guard want to throw you the ball, you know, you, you got to make it. So, you know, I feel like I definitely gained my teammates trust with uh, going into the post. So, you know, uh, if you make shots, if you don't make, because if you don't make shots in college, you, you're not going to get the ball, especially if you're big. You'll have to, you know, focus more on the rebounding game. But um, I would say, you know, I, all that stuff that I do, I've worked on at some point in my life. Most of it's just feel and just making the game easy for me, really. So throughout your career, you've been one of the best rebounders in the game. And now, like, people seem to think rebounding is, like, if you're tall, you're going to be good at it, when there's really a lot more to that. So when it came to college, did your rebounding mindset have to change at all, or is it more or less just rebounding? I definitely had to put more effort into it. You know, guys are bigger and stronger. And I would also say rebounding is a technique. And overall, it's effort. I've definitely played over against some of the events. The best two rebounders I've ever seen so far, well, I would say the best rebounder I've ever played against was probably Devontae Kagan. For him to be 6'5", 6'6", leading the country in rebounds at 14 a game at one point, like that, that was by far the best rebound I've ever seen. So I would, you know, I would I would see is, you know, when we weren't playing him, I would, you know, stay. And he just, it was mostly overall will. Like he would just, he, sometimes he would throw people out of bounds to the ball. So, you know, I think it's a mentality thing. I think it's an effort. I also think it's a mindset. But um, it, it definitely had to change, you know, with uh, playing bigger guys and stuff like that. You know, you had to um, – you had to um, – you have to have that mindset that you're going to, you know, outwork them. Because at some point, if you keep pushing and keep pushing, at some point, you know, the other side, they're going to give up, which makes it easier for you. But if you never push them to that point, you know, you, you're just going to be an average rebounder. So, you know, and, and it also leads to winning, too. You know, if you don't rebound the ball, you're not really going to win a lot of games. So, me as a big, I definitely, um, and, you know, rebounding gets you on the floor as well. So, you know, that's what I tried to do, you know, at JMU. And when it came to Ohio, it was also, a, you know, another big, uh, it's what led us to all these wins. It's what led us to a championship. So, you know, rebounding is definitely important, um, you know, to me. Yeah, that's why, like, a guy like Josh Hart is really underrated. Like, for the Pelicans, he's an all-around guy, but his best aspect is probably his rebounding, and that goes – that's crucial for the Pelicans, especially since he's a guard forward. Mm -hmm. People really underrate how powerful rebounding can be in a game. Oh, yeah, it's definitely – I think in the NBA where it's mostly – you know, the NBA is mostly social media and the highlight stuff. No one wants, no one really wants to, you know, see, you know, rebound and stuff. But I, you know, I, I, 
bet his teammates, you know, appreciate how much he, you know, he goes after the ball. Because, you know, that's a league where pretty much everybody's worried about offense. So, or the only time they're worried about rebounds is if it's a putback or something like that. So, you know, I, I think, you know, that's different. But, you know, that shouldn't change how, you know, I, he's a pro. That's not going to change how he approaches the game and how he approaches rebounds. You have an extremely polished post game. What are you doing in the gym to work on this and get even better in the paint? Oh, mostly a lot of reps. Um, yeah, definitely a lot of reps. And, you know, uh, feel, knowing that, you know, people are going to try to take away, you know, my go-tos and having countenance for that and, you know, just working on being patient, things like that. Um, that's usually what I try to focus on when I'm in the gym and things like that. Just making sure I'm getting reps up, you know, getting reps up. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's the only thing that's going to lead to you making shots. And, you know, no expanding and knowing that, you know, you're not going to be able to do the same thing every time, but you can always have a go-to. So uh, I think the biggest thing for me, especially working on this year, was working on being patient. And I think that's, you know, what's, what's led to a jump in my production. It's funny you mentioned counters because one way to really prepare yourself for counters is by playing chess because you might not always get to do what you want. So you always have to have a backup. You definitely got to think five steps ahead playing chess. I realized that real quick. <laughs> so focusing more, you know, more in depth about your post game and just in general, I mean, your touch around the basket, it's just, it's so good. I mean, you arguably have the best touch in all of college basketball. And even your teammate, Ben Vanderplas, he even said himself in an interview, he doesn't know how you have such good of a touch around the rim. So how do you do it? Does it just feel like you said before, or is it something that you've had to develop over time? I really don't have an answer for that one. Honestly, I think it's just, uh, I think it's just something I'm blessed with, really. Um, you know, that, that, that's just something I'm really blessed with. And I think it was me just developing it over time. And like I said, the work, you know, being comfortable enough to, you know, uh, shoot those shots based on my touch and, you know, developing it over the years. So I think that's really what um, it boils down to. But, um, you know, I think every basketball player just has that one ability that, you know, has that one guy giving, like some guys can jump high and, you know, some guys are super strong. And, you know, I you know, I think I just got blessed with that. Uh, one thing I will say about Ben is that he strips the ball better than anyone I've ever seen in college basketball. I, I can tell you, he's definitely saved me from getting scored on a lot of times because, you know, the bigs, you know, bring the ball down and he'll just swipe it down and, you know, it's not, it, it'll be clean. So, you know, I, I would say, I would say, um, uh, yeah, I was so I would say everybody. I think everybody has that one thing that they just that you know. I don't, I don't think you could really work towards it. Just I think it's just something you're blessed with. So you're easily one of the strongest players in college basketball at six eight, two hundred fifty pounds. What's your weightlifting routine like? Um. Um. When, when I'm lifting with uh, the team and coach, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just focused on, uh, well, I, we do whatever is at the point in time, but, you know, I'm just focused on, you know, pushing myself, especially in the off season, you know, because in order to stay strong, you know, you got to 
you gotta lift big weights and you know you gotta bring energy and push yourself and test your limits and things of that nature so uh i don't necessarily have a set routine i guess if i was lifting by myself i'd do a lot of uh dumbbell stuff and you know a lot of power stuff to uh make sure that i you know maintain that and um yeah but overall just making sure i push myself as far as the amount of weight um and making sure that um you know i just whatever i do i just do 100 percent because you know if you if, if you bs it you're not really going you know get what you want out of it so i think just you know overall pushing myself is you know the only way you i can you know keep my strength and be able to bang down low every night to wrap it up we have some overall nba questions for you we'll start with you grizz what do you got to ask dwight yeah, so who would you who do you have for MVP this season? Uh, you know what? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the bigs on this one. I, I it probably won't be him, but I'll say be You know, he's yeah, MVP, right? They probably might not give it to him, but you know, I'm I'm gonna go with the bigs on this. Yeah, I, I personally like I see the argument for Embiid, but like. Now he's hurt, so I don't think he wins it. But even before that, like, I would go Jokic, like, right before him. I mean, it's Jokic and Embiid, in my opinion. But Jimmy Butler's on the come up, in my opinion. I mean, like, he's he's climbing the ranks. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I don't think you can have Jokic over Embiid, though. Embiid's leading his team to, like, a top seed in his conference. The Nuggets have been a little underwhelming. All right. Well, I'm not going to get too into it because I don't want to argue. But <laughs> the... The Nuggets, they're in the harder conference. They've had a harder schedule, and they're still, like, two games back. So, I mean, that's my argument for that. But um, for the next topic, who do you have meeting in the finals? What, what two teams and who will win? Um, as far as the West, I definitely said Lakers. Um, um, Everybody. Um, I'm gonna go with. I don't know where the. I don't know what the East is looking like right now. I'm gonna go with Lakers. Jets, I guess. You're just gonna act like the Grizzlies aren't the best team in the league. Okay. <laughs> He's a huge Grizzlies fan. I don't. I don't know how he could tell. Grizzlies are definitely good. I, like I said, I. I feel Lakers, Bucks, Lakers. Like, as long as it's good, like I, as long as it's two good teams, like like it was last finals where you know. It wasn't a complete. You know, like, uh, as long as as long as it's two good things, I don't I don't really care who it is. Who is right. your goat? Who do you think is the best player ever? ever? Um, I gotta. I got honestly. I gotta. Um, it's really three. I say. I would say Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron, really. And, you know, they, they all do different things, but they all emulate the same type of success that, you know, success and, you know, the greatness that it takes to be, you know, even in the conversation for that. And, you know, you could argue for either one of them, but, you know, I, I, I take all three for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really go wrong with either three of them. I mean, like, 
they're easily three of the greatest players of all time. So, I mean, there's arguments for all of them up there. Yeah. So, um, Dwight, this was amazing. I mean, we can't wait to watch a tournament with you in it. Um, you guys definitely have Cinderella team potential. And, you know, beyond that, we'll be watching your career farther than this because, I mean, there's the makings of something great in you, and we all see that. So I hope you guys watching. I hope you guys enjoyed. This has been the Switchwire Podcast. Um, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all that. So I hope you guys enjoyed, and peace.